vibration won't do you no good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back, baby, to another episode of Only Bruins. I am your host, Downtown Boosie. Uh, this episode, this podcast is brought to you by the one and only Black and Gold Productions, LLC. And I got my unofficial co-host back for another fun week of talking Bruins. Shout out to my boy, Adam, last week. He did a great job. Uh, it was great interacting with him. And he had some cool stories. So again, like if, if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and listen because it's pretty cool to hear my fan's perspective from California and how he learned to be, or how he basically became a fan of the Bruins and uh, the small world we live in and stuff. So it's, it's definitely one you want to check out. So thanks again, Adam, for hopping on last week and uh, make sure you go listen to that, but none, uh, but I don't know why I said none other, but I gladly welcome back my <laughs> boy, Brett, my dog. What's yo, up, yo, buddy? Yo. How we living, buddy? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Good, good. I mean, it's just, you know, different week, same story. Every yep. time we talk, I mean, the Bruins aren't slowing down. We're not slowing down and it's thirsty Thursday. It's a great time to be alive. We're recording before the Tampa Bay game tonight, which is a massive game. Tampa's been hot as of late. Their last 10, well, I'm not really. They're six and four in their last 10, but they did win their last game. Uh, they're starting to get, get back to like kind of the Tampa we know of, even though they don't, they're not necessarily the team that we used to fear in the past. So it'll definitely be an interesting stretch as you're missing a key player um, and shuffling up the lines a little bit. But before we get into, we'll talk about the Tampa game. We'll touch on it before we uh, end today's episode more towards the end. But yeah, man, this uh, this team's not slowing down one bit. I think what we were basically t- touching up on is the the Bruins have already uh, reached 80 points on the season. It is what the fuck wild. Bro? It is what wi- the fuck, bro. Never mind that. The goal differential is even greater than that. It's a plus 83. The Bruins have yet to allow a hundred goals on the season. They've let up 98 on the season. Uh, they're nine and one in their last 10. They they're on a six game winning streak right now. I mean, dude, I and think... it's what Sorry, I was bro. saying to you before that one last one I want to throw in there in your little list. <laughs> the difference between us and Carolina, who's in second place in the league is the same difference between second and 15th place in the league. Like what the fuck? Yeah. This is getting out of hand. And as we touched on, literally, uh, well, also Washington has three games in hand too. But Washington has the last wild card spot right now, and they're they're sitting there with twenty five wins. That's the same amount of wins that Omar. It's a pretty has good alone. season for the team yeah. they are, right? Yeah, no, you'd think, right? Fifty six points, pretty good. Then you look and, at if they played us in the first round. As of right now, we have eighty fucking points. Like I just, I don't get it. It's unreal, and this is this is something I do want to touch on too because I hate the whole bullshit. Are are they peaking too early? Are you know, I like, are they peaking too early? Do you think they're peaking too early? Do you believe in the whole peaking too early bullshit? I don't know. I think this is one of those special teams. Like storybooks couldn't write it any better. Krejci and Bergeron come back. You know, they've got uh, leadership up and down the lineup with Felino, McAvoy, Pasta, Marshawn. Um, 
They bring in a guy like Zaka that just seemed to be that missing piece. Allmark finally gets comfortable, like settles into his game. You got Swayman being an absolute stud as a, we could say, 1B again, even though it's insane because Allmark is like putting on one of the best goalie performances we've ever seen in the NHL. It's it's just everything's clicking and... Like I said the last time I was on, like I, I just I'm so happy watching this season no matter what happens. But it really feels like this is one of those special years, like those Detroit nineties cup years where they win the president's trophy or like it's just I don't know. I if there's a team to break the president's trophy trophy curse out out of all the shitty luck we've had in um stanley cup finals or or shooting ourselves in the foot if you will looking at it from the outside looking in because everyone has problems in the stanley cup finals but you know 13 and 19 after all that happening i would not be surprised if this is one of those president trophy cup winning curse breaking teams it just it has one of those feels watching behind the b you, see, you like montgomery what what a perfect fit has there ever been a better fit for coach to team like you know what i mean by that like a I guy think who it's comes a perfect in, fit for both sides like, yeah it's insane like he can I, just sit back and be his fun loving coach that he is the players guy and loves all like his uh, uh all of his uh players and then you got like the core like bergeron that's like literally a players coach out there it's just and, it's what a perfect match and i think a guy like Montgomery with what he's dealt with in the past and what he's overcome to, you know, better himself and get him back to being a head coach in the NHL. I think for he couldn't him, write it better. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, like re- regardless of how this season ends, it's like, you almost have to make like a fucking 30 on 30 for 30 on there or what, whatever they call it on uh, ESPN. It's um, it's crazy because like, like, like I said, it's, it, it's perfect for both sides players itself. And, you know, Krejci had some comments saying how like after his 1000th game, like, Oh, the coaching is just like really awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Like kind of like a little shot at, uh, he did Cassidy. not hold back. No. And, and when Krejci speaks, you listen, he's yeah. one of those guys. I think, you know he, what I mean? He doesn't talk too often like that, but you listen when he does talk. Yeah. And, but going back to Montgomery and the Bruins, how it like kind of is just fits perfect for both sides. It's like you're coming back. It's your first head coaching gig since you lost your last one and dealt with your problems and fixed it and overcame all that stuff. And it's got to be a little bit intimidating coming into a team, a Bruins organization, an original 16 that like, a, a wild fan base, a rabid fan base, basically. He grew up a Montreal Canadiens fan, so he knows the rival. Like, he knows yeah. the original six rivalry of it all. And that must have been cool for him going back to Montreal. And we, we oh, can yeah. We'll t- touch we on can, that later. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I just think it's – and maybe it was a little bit intimidating for him, uh, a little bit overwhelming coming into the situation that he has here and where ownership – um upper management kind of demands perfection almost and they Austin demand wins, basic, demands winning right yeah like they, they, a winning whole. team you know it's you got to make the playoffs if not i mean obviously playoffs we want to make the playoffs and you might as well solidify our playoff spot right now with the way this yeah, season's going but it's it's just 
it is it's too perfect and the it makes me nervous and I don't know. I you have that perfect balance of leaders like Bergeron, Krejci, Felino, and, and so on. It like you can go down the list all the way to Marshy, McAvoy, Lindholm, like all these guys. You can go down the list who are great leaders, and then you have this coach who knows when to step back and when to step up. And I think we're finding that perfect balance. And I think that's and you hear in interviews and stuff too. Like this is what makes this this team is something special. And the players have been saying that all season long, like something's really special about this team. And as the trade lines looming around, it's like, and we'll, and we'll touch on this real quick uh, uh, shortly after, but with the trade deadline looming around, is it one of those things where you don't want to, you know, move any pieces to screw up. And I think one of the main things that, or one of the key pieces or key things that GMs try to do come trade deadline is try not to trade anyone off the current, Bruins NHL roster and I, I I mostly agree with that there's maybe two guys I think it's a cl- obvious two guys that I would trade to better our team and if I ask you real quick who who would you who would your two guys be to trade to if just to get them off the team try to better the team if the, you know obviously like all, trade out of the organization or uh, no, that like, is playing every day playing every day on uh, no sick in Clifton, probably. Oh, uh, see, like, the no, way that's Clifton... just who I thought your two would be. No, so I obviously I'm coming back on Clifton, but yeah. mine, mine <laughs> yeah. would be I... mine would be no sick in Smith because okay, yeah, can't... sorry, yeah, that's a layup. It, I, if I you just... asked me last year, I would have traded, or even at the beginning of the season, I would have traded Clifton for a fucking bottle of lube. Are you kidding me? I wanted that guy off the team so bad, but. He's shut it. He's been shutting me up for how many games into the season are we? 47, about to be 48. So 47 games into the season, he's shoved up my fucking hoop every single fucking game. And I'm all for that because if he's making me eat my eat crow, eat my words, then that's great for me. That's great for the team. I have no problem doing so. And um he he's you know, he's really I mean, I thought he had a great game last game too against Montreal. So it's something it's definitely something is special about this team. Something's in the water. Like it's almost like you don't want to touch this lineup, but it's, you know, like what's, and I think, was it you or me who said it last time? Or I, it might've been with Adam where it's like, I might've mentioned it with Adam where it's like, if, you know, leadership went to management, it's like, don't touch, don't touch this roster you know, you think they might actually actually listen to that. Well, unless you got a guy like Bo, Bo Horvat or whatnot, but we'll get into that real quick. But I don't know, man, something something special about this team. And it's like the same different week, same story. As I said earlier, it's it's wild with this ride that we're going on right now. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch, too. Like, you can tell how much fun they're having. And, like, to so to jump into, like, kind of games, like, over the past week or so, like, that Montreal game really stands out to me. Um, you, you you hear the guys after this game say over and over uh, in the interviews, like, this rivalry, no matter where we are in the standings, these are games that we all, like, everybody on both sides get up for. And, you know, like, Montebel played really good, but, like, Montreal did give them a push um, in certain areas. And, like... I kind of love to see like it wasn't like playoff atmosphere, but it's that rivalry, right? So like you kind of love to see Montgomery shorten the bench 
like it was a playoff game because he really wanted that win being from Montreal. Um, it's it's points within your division, which is always good. And, um, you know, just the rivalry in itself and just putting on the jerseys for those, like the history of it all, right? So everyone wanted that win. And obviously it's Bergeron who, like he puts the quote-unquote perfection line back together and Bergeron's the one wins the face-off. Pasternak throws it on net. Marshawn screens, Bergeron throws it in the net. Just one of those classic like playoff goals. And it was kind of cool, or not cool, but it was kind of nice to see Montgomery like, okay, you know what? Let's let's test ourselves here. Let's shorten the bench uh, because, you know, we are down fourth-line guys that would normally play every night. Uh, so Greer and Kopanen, you guys are going to sit a little while Felino's going to hop up and uh, sub in with Frederick when he can. I, I I love that kind of urgency, putting McAvoy and Lindholm together. Like, yeah, the game means nothing in the grand scheme of the dog days of the season, but uh, it was kind of nice to see them put, a, like, a little playoff push into a game, even though, like, on previous games and previous years, we would have seen them maybe fold there to a team that's worse than them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, a situation like that, how it was against Montreal the other night, in previous years, and this is where like the coaching difference really like you can see it's kind of night and day, but like I feel like Cassidy kind of would have panicked a little too quick. Um, you know, overworked the top two lines probably like within the first few minutes of the game, basically. I mean, the Bruins didn't necessarily have I also I don't even know how to say his last name, but he was a fucking stud that game. Uh their goaltender, Montable. Uh, Mont, yeah, dude. Mont- he was ball. he was a fucking brick wall that night. It was it felt yeah, like one was. of those nights where just nothing was really gonna go your way. He was making all these key saves. He had a massive backdoor uh one T save on Trent Frederick that Smith actually crossed the uh hummed a puck across the ice to him, and it was a great save. So after that, you you're you just weren't feeling too good about it. And it's like it's gonna be one of those nights and like where Cassidy would have just quickly put Pasternak with uh with Bergeron and, and and Marshy and you know rely on that line to produce and then kind of you know pick whoever the hell you want to play wing for Krejci excuse me for Krejci like mm-hmm. I feel like he would have shuffled a little bit too much a little too quickly where uh where um Monty didn't necessarily do so. He kind of waited for the right time and and it ended up working because, you know, you get that 2-1 lead. They quickly, uh, what was it, a few minutes later, they scored the uh, second goal to tie it up, I believe. And then, yeah, obviously when Bergeron scored that, when Bergeron scored that, um, that third goal, you knew it was kind of over. And then obviously Pasta got the empty netter, which you almost like forget about, but. Four um, point night. What a quiet four quiet, point dude. Night. I almost tweeted so that quiet. out the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Bruins, like the Bruins tweeted something out about like an interview Pasta did on his four point night, where it's like, holy shit, he had four points that night. Like kind of kind of wild. But it was also I thought Taylor Hall had a great game. It's nice to see him break out of that scoring drought. And now he's playing on the first line with Burrs running and, and Marshy tonight. I'm excited to see that it'll boost his confidence for sure. And a guy like Smith, where they were trying to basically showcase him, it felt yeah. like it just wasn't working, man. It's- I think he's going to be a lot easier to trade, though. He has he hasn't put the puck in the net, but he showed he can be a good third line 
um, you know, versatile a, player on a He's contender. a decent power forward because, like, he's a dog, man. He, I think he, he's more of a grinder that can just shoot once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's a grinder he's that gets on hot streaks. Yeah, he's lost a step, and but he's not afraid to get in there. He, he'll try mm-hmm. to be the first man in and get in on that four check. And he'll he'll do the dirty stuff, and he's he, definitely he's got to kind of tune his game a little bit where and kind of make that switch because I think he was used to like being like a power forward, two way yeah. forward with a great shot, and I think he has to kind of adjust his game if he wants to stay in the NHL, and he could certainly help another uh, playoff caliber team, but especially it needs to be the right like team. a a bubble team that doesn't like a Buffalo. That doesn't mind uh, taking on the cap for the rest yeah. of the year. You know the full amount of cap. <laughs> that would be well. Honestly, Buffalo's only like four points out of the playoff spot. Like, that's that's a guy that they could really use on their third or fourth line for a team that doesn't have as much depth. I don't know what we could get back. Maybe just the cap relief. But uh, I've been really thinking about that one. And also a team like Minnesota that's like looking to go for it, but looking for rentals. Guys that play that style of hockey. Yeah. Know? Well, that's that's the thing though. Like Buffalo, will Buffalo hesitate to make a trade with the Bruins again after fleecing oh. them a few seasons ago? Yeah, but they do have the cap relief. I mean, what do you, what do you want to give us? Like future considerations, a seventh round pick, or like you know, just a bag of pucks and maybe a new whistle for Monty at practice. Yeah, I'd 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 take it. Like, what would be nice is a fifth. But I'd take future considerations for the cap space. Yeah, no, one hundred percent because it'll it'll just help. It'll help with the trade deadline. It'll honestly probably benefit both teams. You would, I would say you would also get off LTIR completely, right? Because like I know when DeBrus comes back, it's going to be really tight. Like they're probably going to have to send another guy through the waiver wire if they haven't made a trade by then. But I'm I'm pr- from what I'm hearing. They want to make a trade before DeBrus comes off LTIR. It's a huge, like, they're really pushing so right now. Because yeah. he started skating this week, and they said he could potentially be back before All-Star got, break. Yeah, I think he's got, he's eligible to stay on LTIR for another two weeks, I think. Or another, like, 10 days, maybe. I think. Something like that. Okay, that's right. Yeah, there's a... I, so he can, even though he's healthy i think i'm not 100 percent on this but i'm pretty sure that if he's healthy and he's still on ir within the time frame that he was able to it does you don't ha- like he doesn't have to be forced back to play but i'm not 100 percent sure so it looks like they're shooting to get him back for that toronto game next week then because that that would be the only game he could squeeze in before yeah. um because you have the back-to-back this week and then you're off till wednesday next week against toronto and then you got yeah, the, you have the back break. yeah back-to-back florida and carolina which is sucks dude do you see the times of the game six and five o'clock so weird fucking weird i don't hate yeah. it but fucking weird five but o'clock yeah, sunday is good if they're trying to get back for uh or if they're trying to get the breast back for Wednesday, you'd probably see a trade Monday or Tuesday when they get back from the road trip. I would, I would not hate that one bit. If I mean, not, they're just gonna night. push it because they already can, and then they'll make the trade over the All Star break and the bye week we have, which would also, I, 
I think there's urgency to get it done by Monday or Tuesday, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just hold off after the Toronto game. Just tell JK, just take an extra week or so. Just yeah, stay. I don't think there's certainly no rush to get yeah. him back. If I mean, you if something falls on their lap, it might change things. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. Chicago's like, hey, we'll give you uh, Domi and yeah. I'm just saying a player that's on no, the block. I know. Uh, let's say, and they take on Riley's contract, and you got to give them Riley in a pick for Domi, or Riley in a young prospect, or you know something just to get three million off your books. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised, but yeah. it'd have to fall on their lap. I think. Did you see what Domi did the other night? Oh, brutal! Fucking tough look on him. Yeah, Hurts he, his it, goalie. It like... made me not really want him as much. Uh, like, I, and it's not like he was my number one guy for the trade deadline, but like. He, just the jam he plays with and seeing him play against yeah. us in that Carolina series. I wonder if our room could reel him back a bit because if they couldn't, I don't think he'd even play and it's just kind of a waste of a trade. Yeah, like if, if say you replace, you know, uh Domi or replace no sick with Domi, then yeah, I, I, I like that. You certainly got a little bit better offensively. That's for yeah. sure. Um maybe the two way game not so much, maybe the face offs not so much. And the PK, the not so yeah, much. the penalty killing. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Domi just kind of. Yeah. Like after he... seeing that though, on the weekend, uh, whenever that was, I think yeah. It was the weekend. I but was who like, knows? Okay. They could they could be asking for too much too with the year he's having. I think he's actually leading the team in goals right now. So they could be. The, honestly, yeah. the uh, maybe a little bit more expensive, but uh, safest option I think is. John Tavares, if you or John Tavares, Jonathan Taves, if you can make the money work. Yeah, and and th- there's a few options out there when it comes to depth pieces or making your team better. And Taves is a guy I would be in on. I would stay away from Kane. He's been a little bit injury prone this year, but Taves is a guy who has great leadership, great in the faceoff dot, great two way game. Like, yeah, he's lost a step, but he could really help this team. Yeah, him and Felino on the same line together. And then oh, you just, man. you could input anybody at that point. Like, if you could make the cap work, even keep Smith. I think he might be good on a line like that with John Tavares or John Tavares. Why do I keep saying John Tavares? It's because the Leafs, <laughs> the Leafs fucking screwed me on a bet last night. Oh, Jesus. So I, I, I've been motherfucking them in my head all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm but um yeah i i and taves makes a lot of sense um with the no sick injury makes a lot of sense see yeah. my thing is like people are like oh how could you make the cap work it's like we've seen it happen a bunch in the past actually the only reason i'm from what i've heard is the bruins didn't get domi last year at the trade deadline is because they didn't pay they didn't want to pay a second team a fourth and a fifth to broker a trade but if you're really serious about getting center depth and you're out on Horvat and, you know, nothing else makes sense, maybe you look at Larkin and that doesn't make sense either. Um, and I just think if you if you can get Chicago to trade Taves to somebody, a 50% retained, and then they retain 50% and trade that him to you, you can do a three-way trade, and you're getting Taves at like under three million dollars. Yeah, you might have to yeah. pay for it, but like this might be the year that you kind of got to do something like that. And that's that's a piece that could really 
possibly i'm not gonna like lock it in but possibly help you down the road um to make this stretch because he's he's a guy who's he's done it he's done it man he's done it multiple times he's won at every level every and fucking level then, then you're basically having multiple captains in your locker room with fucking felino bergeron um yep. and then taves and that wouldn't Krejci. that would be a great depth piece crazy yep but the thing too is everyone's like oh like i don't like how he handled uh the whole situation that happened in chicago it's like yeah okay i i agree with that too and you know it sucks but like i keep saying like if, if there's a locker room where there's an iffy player that has a past that any locker room they should be going to, it's probably the Bruins. And, like, Taves has played with Bergeron and Marshawn before and internationally. Yep. And, like, it just it makes a lot of sense if they can make the cap work. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's another one I'd sniff around if, if you're looking for cheap, good fourth-line centers that are left-handed. Um, that's if, in my opinion, for O'Reilly, who's been injury prone this season as well. I know that's if he me. comes cheap because yeah. that's the guy you could potentially. I mean, he's a free agent after this year. Um, you could that's pure rental, you know. Yeah, so like if the rental price isn't too much, sure, but I don't want to give up like a major asset for a guy like that because who knows what they would be asking for for him. I haven't heard anything of no. the asking price for him um obviously we talked you know last time we talked we brought him up but Bo Horvat he's still I mean he's still rumored with the Bruins as well things are kind of heating up there and Bruins are paying close attention to that and that's a guy that I would absolutely love but not as a rental because you'd have to give up a shit ton as a rental and pay the price and I mean yeah I'd give up a Stanley I I would you know, I would love to get a Stanley Cup this year if it meant sucking for the next, you know, however many years. I mean, I know it's kind of apples to oranges, but you saw how last year uh, the the L.A. Rams went all in at the trade deadline and signed all these major like key guys and gave up a shit ton. And they finally got their Super Bowl. But now, you know, they they were dog shit this year. So it's it's tough because like you don't want to you don't want to fuck up the future you don't want to fuck up the season by making you know because if if cassidy not cassidy if sweeney does nothing at the trade deadline and say the bruins end up losing in the conference finals or they make a good run or even if they lose in the stanley cup i mean even if they don't win the stanley cup people are going to bitch saying, why the fuck didn't Cassidy make the moves? I mean, they could lose in game seven of the Stanley cup again. Oh, geez. I don't know why I just had to say yeah. that, but <laughs> you know, we could have 2019 all over again. And then people bitch about Sweeney, not making, you know, any moves at the trade deadline. And I, which I don't think is necessarily fair because I think you would be fine you would be fine making no moves. I th I truly believe that. I think with bringing up Copenin, and I know Nosek's out with an injury right now, but maybe it'll push Nosek a little bit more to be a little bit better with the puck. He's great away from the puck. He's great in the dot, but Copenin's a little bit more skilled. He's got a little bit more, obviously, upside, but um, his face-offs have been great. I think he was seven for nine the other night. He's he's mm -hmm. actually been decent since he's been called up, and now he, this is his time for sh his shot. And you'll see Copenin in tonight again against Tampa, and 
you saw McLaughlin get called up. He'll get some great call up. Yeah. And maybe they're just showcasing like McLaughlin and Copenin because those are two guys that you can afford to give up and Mm. say, you know, Copenin keeps playing the way he does and McLaughlin comes in and kind of plays almost similar to how he did at times last year. Then there's, you know, their trade value goes up and it could benefit the Bruins. And, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it's tough because there's multiple trade pieces and obviously in a perfect world, I'd like to keep our first round pick and Lysel as well, but it's, it's tough when you have a potential Stanley cup on the line down the road. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I get what you're saying too, about the whole like Horvat coming at um, like coming with the gamble of not, um, being possibly being able to resign him, obviously with the way cap, the cap works out, and resigning Pasternak, all these things. And I I got text message the other day that I'm gonna read out. Um, ooh, yeah, some 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 a little bit of dirt, a little bit of dirt. So, okay, so kind of a big problem with the Horvat situation. Vancouver will not allow Horvat's camp to talk to Boston. As of right now, the Bruins would have to trade him. Trade for him, gambling on the fact if they could re-sign him or not. I'm told that's the only reason the deal hasn't, or one of the only reasons, one of the yeah, one of the reasons the deal hasn't been done yet. Um, Horvat would re. So I yeah, that's another thing too. So like Horvat, my buddy goes to the gym with Horvat's brother, and he was talking to him, and there's kind of like a little bit of telephone, but I don't have the other end of the phone to talk to somebody. Horvat's brother is talking to Hor like. Horvat, actual Horvat, and um, he was saying like he would resign in Boston. Those are that was one of the teams he mentioned he would resign. He said he'd resign in Seattle. He said he'd resign in Boston. He said, um, he said he'd resign in Columbus as well, which is a wild one. But that is wild. Yes, yeah, so that's coming right from Horton, uh, Horton Horvat's like mouth like to his brother so yeah. unless his brother's just stirring shit up but like this is a pretty um pretty legit source i have on both ends of it um i wish horvat's camp but the whole problem is the reason why they don't want um vancouver doesn't want horvat's camp to talk to boston is because you get a tra- taylor hall situation you get him getting traded to the bruins for bjork in a second because he literally just forces a trade there um so what they're trying to do is they like Vancouver wants Lisell obviously they want our first obviously, and they want either DeBrusque or Carlo, which is where the Bruins are drawing the line right now and where it's really stalled things. So between that and them not being able to talk to Horvat himself and his camp about um, a possible extension like they did with Lindholm, those are the two things holding that trade up. Because from what I've heard, it would it would be done if those two things. Uh, weren't a problem and it's like you got to find a player in our in our prospect pool equivalent to DeBrusque or Carlo that's a top six or a soon soon to be sorry top six or top four you're already giving up Lacell so it'd have to be probably Lori Lacell first and another player for Horvat and I'd want um, Luke Shen attached to that and an eight-year extension with Horvat so it's like there's a lot of moving parts in it I I don't know I, I was really optimistic before about it but it, i'm kind of the the fire's kind of sizzling out a little bit on the horvat talks just because yeah. of the price and 
like we've been saying, like like I said on a previous pod before, like I would love Horbat, but with an eight year and extension and for the right price, it's like like a similar deal to Lindholm. I'm perfectly fine. I'm fine with. And that's like a couple things here. I love the idea of getting Horvat. He would be obviously my number one to get at the trade deadline because then you're just an instant, you know, favorite if you're not already, which obviously you should be. But the thing is to get Horvat and to make it work in the long run almost seems impossible. Yeah, you could make a lot of moves and you could make it work. It's going to take a lot of work because if you want to re-sign Pasta and you want to re-sign Horvat if you do make that trade and with the bonus overage of next for next season and the uncertainty of the cap for next season because um, Bettman did come out earlier uh, this season saying it could jump anywhere from 1 million to I think 4 million, but he said for it to jump up 4 million, a lot of things have to go right this season. And I'm not pretty much Vegas and Seattle have to make the playoffs and the Leafs have to win the cup is what he's saying. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just, there's so much to it. There's so many little pieces. You're looking at a Florida and Calgary type deal. Like yeah. how the you're looking at like multi you would need to bring in a third team to make it work cap wise unless Vancouver took Riley which I don't see them doing so you got to make get no. a third team right there which is Arizona or um Chicago and they're gonna want picks for that so right there you need a third team and then in the summer you're gonna need the fourth team to figure out to unload a little more cap to make it work with Pasternak and Horvat. So like also, you're looking at like in the end a four or five team trade that's just going to be like a complete salary cap mess, but it's like it it it's very close to uh, if they pull it off, I don't Evan Gold, the cap logistics guy needs like all the money. Yeah, I I there's no unreal. Like, yeah. It would be absolutely unreal if he pulls it off. It's like it's Horvath, a long stretch. But Horvat or Pasternak would have to sign a one-year deal next year, like Zaka did this year. That's the only way I see it working. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. a lot of uncertainty. It is. It is, and it's tough because it's just fucking. But also going back to what you mentioned, them wanting DeBrusque or Carlo right away. That's a no for me. Yeah. I mean, you got younger guys. They're two Great younger contracts. guys who are, you know, part of your future. Uh, their contracts are great for how they're playing. And DeBrusque is that, like a top 10 power forward in the league. Yeah. And it, it if you if you add DeBrusque to it, then it's kind of a lateral move in my eyes. Yeah, Horvat's a little bit better offensively, and he's a centerman, but he's going to cost a bit more. And, and he's older. And he's a little, yeah, he's a little bit older. And then you lose a winger, but you gain a centerman of the future. So now you're kind of fucked, especially if like you lost that Lysel. package. Yeah, 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 dude. So you have zero wingers. So going it's kind forward. of it's kind of a lateral move for the season. And then you, in the long run, it just doesn't necessarily make sense, especially with the contract that he's probably going to demand. Unless he like comes here and he's like, yeah, I'll take six million because you guys had to give up to Brusque or whatever. But yeah. Carlo, 
Okay, I can reason. No, if with we that. gave up, if we gave up the breast, the money would work. The money would, would work. Yeah, it would eventually work out. That four million would probably make things work, and then unloading Riley's contract would be a bit easier. Yeah, yeah, but like I, I get what you're com- saying. I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, but when it comes to Carlo, I'd be a little bit more on the yay side of that you'd have to have luke shen coming back the other yeah way. that's the it'd only way to. and then you'd have to go maybe maybe you could swap riley for klingberg and give them a pick that like, would be tough i you know what i mean That'd, yeah and then your top and then your bottom four on defense is Lindholm, shen clifton and i don't know i like carlo Lindholm a better little better than like I'd rather Shen and Clifton be fighting for a spot. Yeah, no, I I agree because I mean Clifton's obviously gonna probably be gone at the end of the season. We yeah, talk, we so you might as well that. have two guys in there. Just yeah, you know, both guys will be fighting for a contract next year. That's why. That's why I'm saying if you make a trade for Horvat, Shen better be coming back with him. It yeah, especially if you're gonna add Carlo to that, which. I don't want Carlos Insane. when he's been healthy this season. He's actually he's had some rough patches, but um, especially as of recently, he's been playing phenomenal. He's just been that shutdown D man, and I've loved his game. But you get his so. game at like a million and a half discount. Like he's probably like a five yeah. and a half million dollar player on the open market, maybe six for like a team that's really desperate. But like. Yeah. So you're getting them at four point one, I think it is, like for the next like four years. That's an unbelievable contract. And then I know Luke Shen's Luke Shen, and he's he's no Carlo by any means. And Luke Shen's actually having a decent season, but he's more more of a depth guy in my opinion. I would love to get him, um, without having to give up. Like even say mm-hmm. you don't get Horvat and you add Luke Shen, definitely he would be, try and go get him. He would be great depth piece because obviously the Strawman project didn't really work out uh i think strawman can still contribute to this team but i just i think yeah, they I expect a little bit more out of him yeah i, I don't like i think that us, uh, us being so healthy um him being a step behind you know what i mean like them and not accounting for clifton to be as good as he has been like uh Zaboral can play both sides. There's a lot of things. My question is how do you get that million dollars off your books? Right? Cause like you'd have to trade him to a contender to keep him happy. And you'd have like I guess he has no trade protection. It's kind of a shitty thing to do. Like sign a guy. I know play like three games and then just ship him off. Like, you know what I mean? I know burying him in the minors costs like little to nothing, but it'd be nice to have that like million dollars in open open slot like i heard mark mark allred talking about that recently on a pod and i was like that's so true man like uh, you know that's the only like little hiccup that i think sweet well sorry sweeney had an abysmal abysmal weekend in um what was it october and november there and it was november um with that kid's name we won't mention but yeah other than that like that's i think like the that's this um the signing for Strawman was just kind of a little bit of a hiccup on Sweeney's part. I'm trying to find out. Does Luke Shen shoot left or right? Right. Okay, yeah, that's why I and figured. And he's a big motherfucker. 6'2", 230, dude. Ooh. Yeah. He's actually having a decent uh, it's a year. a fridge for... on skates. Yeah. Well, I remember when Tampa made that cup run. Wasn't he like their seventh yep. defenseman? 
He's won yeah. a to- he won it back to back. No, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So, so it's like right there. So that's the thing. So if you're not getting Horvat, go get him. Get Taves. You're bringing Stanley Cup pedigree just into the locker room. Like it's very the Taves move feels like a Mark Recchi move to me. I know everyone says oh, the Felino. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like, like that. Everyone says Felino is the Mark Recchi, but like, yeah, nah. kinda. Like Felino feels more like the I don't even know what, like how to I, I guess like the Michael Ryder. Like he's been there before, but he never won it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. He's like good in the locker room. Guys love him, but like that Mark Recchi vibe, just I, you know, we used we called Taves Captain Canada for a reason. Like you called him that over Crosby. You know what you know, I mean? It's like, funny that you bring up like the whole Recchi kind of thing is, um, obviously we were talking a little bit beforehand, but how Chara touched on that 2011 Stanley Cup run with the Spit and Chicklets interview, which was oh yeah great. I haven't even finished it yet, and it's fucking fantastic. And we're gonna touch more on that next week. We'll bring it up a little bit towards the end. Um, just I think every, it would be a great list. It's just Bruins porn for everyone, basically. Yeah, and no, not it's even motivating. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say if you if you've been down a little bit lately, or like you know things haven't been going your way, or uh, it's just it, the story, his story of how he started out playing. They, like they touch on everything, they touch on yeah. stuff, but they also touch on Zidane Charma as a human being, and they have his agent there, so he can kind of like bring up. He brings up memories throughout the interview and like talking points, so it's not yeah. all just like Chara, you know, because you know his English. The, he's got like 18 languages that he knows but like English is one of the languages he knows yeah. you know what I mean so it's but great interview all in all it's very inspiring uh to hear mm-hmm. how how tough he fought at such a young age to make it to the NHL was, uh, everyone go listen to it because we're going to talk about it next week yeah and what made me bring that up is how he talked about how like how much of a factor getting Recky was like yeah. Recky was the difference when it came because as you remember they were down 0-2 to uh Vancouver and he he talks about he's like just Mark Recky he was like that guy in the locker room like he was that voice to help us stay calm Carolina, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he brought up that how Carolina was down 0-2 the year they won it against Edmonton in the Stanley Cup finals. And oh, he, just, he was like I've I've been here before. This is nothing. We got yeah. this. Yeah, it's just like you need that. Like Bergeron's that guy, yeah. But you, so you, you don't have a Bergeron doing that. You'd have Captain Canada doing that. Felino, Marshawn. Then you got the younger guy. Like it's just like, yeah, Hor- Horvat for Horvat or Taves. But I just think you get a little bit more out of Taves for a cheaper price. As weird as that sounds. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I agree. Um. But it it goes back to Taves. Like it'd be a great addition, great leadership, just on and off the ice. He could help young players learn. He could help a young guy like Copenin learn as well, being like a guy who's trying to make it in the league. Assuming that we keep him, you know, play fourth line minutes, grind it out, and just like just the young guys, because we don't have any rookies on the team. I mean, technically Copenin right now, but yeah. You know, he, he, yeah, I guess Greer's not a rookie either. Eh? No, he's been, I he, just thought he, about that. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, so there's that, like, the more I think about it, 
the more and more I like the potential of getting Taves rather than Horvat. Horvat, Hor- holy shit, Horvat, right? Yeah, Hor- Hor- Horvat. Okay, Jesus Christ, you're I'm- you're combining. You're already trying to get him on the team. You're combining combining uh, Horvat and Forbert. Horvat. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Just a um, yeah, just a mega man. Shout out like- to uh, fucking Big Bruins energy. <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Yeah, the, Forbert. the wife. Yeah. She also DM'd me today. She because um Adam gave her a shout out last episode. And oh yeah, that was a great pod, by the way. I forgot to like, touch on that earlier. Oh right, thanks, bud. Yeah, he was great, dude. He's he's great. Just at hearing talking. that story made me feel like better about not going. I was like, oh man, at least our friends had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she they went she, hard for me. She DN'd me. She's like, I live in Arkansas, not Nebraska. I was like, all right, well, I was close because Arkansas. That's a I, did, I was I was a little bit. Yeah, more I saw she. They got north. snow down there. I know, there, dude. Wherever, like it's down yeah. there for me. Yeah, it's certainly down there for you, but it's like, yeah, Midwest. I don't know. Yeah, Midwest. Yeah. I she might kill me for saying that. I don't know. We'll see. I know we're probably gonna get roasted for this. <laughs> well, it's like when Biz said, um, Colorado's a southern, yeah, state. southern state. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that clip of him singing with talk for talk it last so night? So good, dude. Fucking hilarious. Yo, I know Biz we... gets a lot of hate, but it's fucking hilarious with henrik lundquist like what yeah, a fucking dude. man missile it, eh? tnt is just so much better Jeez. than what nbcsn was oh yeah 100 can we talk but, about that for a second though yes absolutely Bruce, there it is holy shit man yeah, I, don't get me wrong that. yeah don't that get me poor wrong. bastard man real quick talk it was my guy behind monty like i i was always pushing for monty um uh, when like it came out that we he was one of the candidates just because uh, I heard Tori Krug on a podcast one time just talking very highly of him and how smart he is and stuff. But Talkit was my guy after that. And it's like, people need to realize this isn't Talkit's fault. Like, yeah, he's coming into, like, a very heated situation. But, like, give the guy a little bit. Like, yeah, he, he hasn't had the best teams to work with and he doesn't have the best track record. But he also had Garland and fucking... Like if anybody here's a Vancouver fan, which they're probably not, but I've been looking into this. He had Garland in in uh, Arizona. He also had uh, Oliver Ekman Larson in Arizona. Like he's a really good players coach. I I don't know. I think it it's shitty the way Vancouver did it, but like I think this is good for Vancouver's future for like guys like Pedersen and Quinn Hughes that need to learn how to play on both sides of the puck. Like this guy coached Sidney Crosby and Malkin and Latang and. But it's so shitty. What like Vancouver? What a dumpster fire of an organization. You know what sucks too is they're gonna lose a bunch of games now and get Connor Bedard, who's from BC, and it's gonna drive me fucking crazy. But I don't know. I just I feel so bad for uh, Bruce Brucey there. He he's a, he's a good coach. Uh, you know he did his best there. It's just uh, it's management's fault. It's ownership's fault. Like they just they have. They're the Ottawa Senators now of the NHL. Like when Ottawa went through this with Carlson and Stone and all them. Yeah, yeah. They're going to strip this thing down. And they said they just want to do a major surgery, but a light retool. Like, bro, you need to gut this thing. Yeah, I know. It's. I keep losing. Oh, I was losing a bunch of money on them at the beginning of the year, too. (laughs) Because I'm like, they got to win eventually, dude. Yeah, yeah um i know it's just like what are they doing with that roster man i mean they were sitting they were sitting ekman larson 
it's just a shit show. Like that trade was never going to be good from the get go. I understood why, but like, why would you need two offensive defensemen? It's because uh, they had the false hope in that playoff run. Yeah, I know. It, I mean, it was an exciting run because you got some young guys coming in, making names for themselves, but Hughes has kind of dropped off. Uh, Pedersen has dropped off a little bit. Demko's He's playing not... better this year, but yeah, the he past is. Like, yeah, two no, he years, is. since the, like, other than this year, since uh, COVID, he has not been himself, and he looks a lot better now. Um, But yeah. Um. And, and we don't have to touch more on it other than that, like unless you got more to say but i just wanted to uh motherfuck the vancouver canucks one more time you know just wow what a yeah embarrassing organization no it, it is man and how do you say his last name rutherford right yeah so i don't like him people dude, like oh he's, he's so kind of respected yeah i'm like this guy's a dick and i didn't even realize that um it reminds Bruce me of shitty Bedreau's bosses first, I've had. Bruce Boudreaux's first career goal was actually on. Oh, Ruth, what a Ruth beauty, Ruth. eh? What yeah, yeah. Did you see the flow on that guy? Dude, yeah. Holy it's... shit. Um, Do you see that Pasternak the other day? I heard this from uh, Monty's presser the other night after the Montreal win. Um, somebody asked him, like, Pasternak said, or I guess on a podcast or radio show, Pasternak said that he would have rather play in the 70s and 80s because like you know that like you just didn't have to practice as much or try as hard or like watch as much video you just like show up to the rink and just play hockey i'm like that's so past it like i could see him with that 80s fashion with the hair all blown out yeah the, the mustache and him just showing up back in the day he probably would have smoked and drank just showing up to the arena to yeah. play some fucking hockey oh my god man <laughs> no video coach yeah bubble yeah. gum no bucket like that's pasta right there it just that just kind of reminded me of that yeah no it's oh man what a what a time to be alive then to what oh, a yeah. big phenomenal but yeah it's poor bastard man I, I i hope he lands and if he decides he still wants to coach i hope he lands up in a better position with better management better ownership i mean i don't see vancouver being good anytime soon i think rutherford has really shot himself in the foot i think it's just a really shitty situation there and they're gonna have to make some trades and their hands might be forced when people aren't willing to make uh or to necessarily pull the trigger on what they're asking for for a guy like Horvat Horvat Jesus um so the, you know the price may go down on a guy like that because there's no oh. way he's going to resign and play no. for that organization they already made their last last offer to him and he yeah, and he's it. yeah and but so. and that's the that's the thing too man it's like do you want to do business with that, with that kind of organization after watching them do that to Bruce Boudreaux? Yeah. Bruce Boudreaux, he's got a lot of friends in high places. Like I've been hearing all over sports or like hockey radio and um, podcasts today that uh, he'll, he, he'll have a job wherever he wants in like management, like hockey management, if he wanted as some sort of like consulting role or player development role or uh, like like you'll see teams now just make up like leadership roles just so that they can have these people part of their organizations to help them deal 
with problems and brainstorm because like the way he handled that is just completely classic and i i tip my hat to uh mr bruce there it is yeah it's and it sucks because like he would he kind of went on like this little media tour shortly after basically saying like you know like i thought i was going to be out in november and stuff like that it's just like it's Dude, don't- the press conference that they brought in talk it like you know how they did that with montgomery and he's holding like the the number with the whatever coach he however many coaches there's been in the franchise or whatever they're holding up the jersey when they did that with talk it uh the first four questions were about bruce like they weren't even about the current coach they were about the previous fucking coach oh i didn't see that for the press conference for the new coach just like what a like just a shit i don't show. even know why talkie would want to put himself into that position i mean he's never really been put into a good position or you know with yeah, coaching like, and it's yeah. just i don't know i think it's like good money knows rutherford there's probably like a million more dollars than tnt right a year yeah you gotta imagine yeah yeah because i think he got like it's probably a million and a half i think his contract's like 2.6 for the next like four years so like he's in it for the long haul did you see they're basically paying for like three coaches still with yeah. Tocco's new contract like almost 10 million dollars in coaches yeah but see it's like canadian markets they don't give a shit you know how much money they they hemorrhage money these teams like i'd say like the only the team that probably doesn't out of the canadian market is i'd say calgary or winnipeg they're probably the lowest um generators of money but like you look at the torontos the vancouvers the edmontons like the, these teams make so much fucking money yeah it's it's unreal and there isn't like a cap when it there is, i don't believe there is right no when you just comes. have to pay the coaches yeah and if you want to if you want to so if somebody wanted to hire bruce boudreaux for the rest of this year they'd have to pay his contract that Vancouver signed them. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's a little so different. Someone could, if someone has a shit at, like shitty end of the year, they could just swoop in and pay Bruce two million to eat for the rest. Yeah, of I mean, the he year. was up at the end of the year, anyways, right? Yeah. At that point, just ride it, ride it out with him. I feel. Like. I know, because like, what if you get the surge, that like coach surge, where like, maybe they were worried that they were going to lose out on Talkit, you know? I bet you what what probably happened is they were like, "Can you wait till the end of the year and talk?" It's like, well, if there's a better opportunity, I'm gonna go there instead. Yeah, like it's now no. or never. No, I I, I can see that. And, I heard a I big mean, thing too that why it like leaked is because talk it had to legitimately because like TNT's like a legit company, right? Like he's yeah. an employee there. He had to legit put in his two weeks. Yeah, that's I like think, what I think his two weeks was. is was like a technically like a four week notice or something I saw. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he had to give a notice. It's crazy. <laughs> eh? it's, it's it's crazy to think like guys just try to be an the, NHL coach. He's got their a jobs job. are like human like us. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's, so it's, funny. it's funny. It's like hey i'm putting in my two weeks so i can become an nhl head coach yeah like, and then they come wild. back with hey we need to find somebody so can you give us two extra weeks yeah yeah it's, it's like hold know. on i'll tell the vancouver canucks i need an extra two weeks here. yeah yeah just keep bruce for two more weeks and yeah that's honestly probably what happened well that it's is exa- what happened, i think it's actually. exactly yeah. what happened and yeah, then is you exactly. know tnt like someone talked told someone and then yeah everyone then elliot friedman finds out and it's game over yeah and it kind of sucks because uh 
I I really like talking on TNT. So yeah, I know. That's what's up. It, see, that's the thing. Like, I think you instantly replace him with Yandel. Yandel's great on there. I just don't think Yandel wants to commit for that. See, I didn't often. realize Yandel does Monday night in Canada. Like he legit flies into Canada to Toronto every Monday night to do Monday he, night hockey. Why would he do that? I mean, I right? They must be paying to fly him in. There's no like he's. Oh, he's definitely not. He, he made a, a single dime. He leaves yeah, his he, wallet at home, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And, and plus, know. like he already made fifty million. Like he's pretty smart with his money, from what I can tell. And and he's staying in Florida rather than moving back to Massachusetts. So I, it's only an hour and a half plane ride. So I guess from Florida to Toronto. Yeah, it's not that bad. Oh, it's like wow. maybe two hours. I was gonna say because to maybe. where he is in Florida, it's two hours from Massachusetts. Oh, is he down in the south? He like southern Florida. Wherever he's in Fort, Fort oh, Lauderdale, I believe. No, you're right, because he's yeah, because I was thinking Orlando. So, so I think he flies. No, yeah, I think he flies out of Miami then. Yeah, yeah. Or well, he probably takes a PJ. Where fucking fuck, man. That's that's a lot of flying. That's another thing. He's probably taking a PJ every fucking Sunday night or Monday morning. Oh to yeah, Toronto. I mean, the guy is not freaking spending a single dime. So. No. Why? Yeah, and then you're, and we're also talking about like CBC Rogers, like they got money. Yeah, I can see maybe next year, maybe you yeah. know they include him with the playoffs and stuff, and whatnot. But I don't see him committing for anything for this season. But yeah, that would be great. I think TNT is doing a great thing. I know Biz says some stupid stuff and like it can come off sexist, but if you do listen to Biz, like it's just. He's immature at times. He's stupid, yeah. but he's 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 that he's a good guy, good heart, like great heart. Like he kind of gets he's a bad just rap. Joking around, right? And what like sucks too is Bit and Chicklets gets show. a bad rap for being affiliated with Barstool, where it's like, I know they just own the rights to the podcast. Basically. Yeah, you know it's they're the know, ones I, who just like they they gave them the opportunity, so they're just sticking with them. Like it's yeah. like one of those like okay you helped us out yeah yeah we'll we'll stay affiliated and plus like they're friends with those guys like yeah it's just like I know Barstool gets a bad rap and it's not for everyone I get that and uh, people you know the mis- can say the misogynistic stuff and it, it happens in every company and and like you think Fox and all these like even ESPN and CBC all these this kind of stuff doesn't happen within companies. It happens everywhere. You just don't hear it about as much because Barstool's all over the internet. Yeah, no, exactly. So, and they're not afraid to get their nose dirty. That's the thing too. I mean, you know, people honestly, Whitney and Portnoy have some of the funniest repertoire I've ever seen. I know. He just rips on him. It's so funny. Yeah, no, it is great back and forth. And like Marina, um, she does a great job. She's dope. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a fucking awesome person. Oh my and God. like Feidelberg, he he like right on the Bruins sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like Pretty all those people guy. right on the Bruins. I follow. Most of those people are Boston people, right? Uh, not not necessarily anymore. No. No, I think it's like Feidelberg was. You no, know, he is. Yeah, but not yeah, like yeah. a lot of the other people are from elsewhere. But yeah. Speaking of Boston, let's bring it back to the yeah, Boston Bruins. Back. 
Let's wrap this up quickly with a little conversation about tonight's matchup. I know you're listening Friday morning. I know it's the first thing you're downloading and listening. I know, and hopefully you're feeling good this morning as we're about to touch on Tampa Bay in this game tonight. We got Vasilevsky versus Allmark. We have we have Halsey up on the first line. Um, they're coming off a tough tough grinded grinded out win against Montreal um how do you feel going into tonight's game we're about a half hour from puck drop how are you feeling you muted yourself yeah my bad um <laughs> I've, i i i don't know i'm i'm excited about this game because it's in tampa um and you know everyone says like measuring stick games and like yep. you know it's realistically if we made it to the second round which i see us doing hopefully um you're playing tampa or toronto in the second round right just the way yep. that the playoff format works out you're playing tampa let's be real yes yeah, exactly. it's not making it out of the first round <laughs> so it's like this these games you get up for a little more all marks playing right yep yeah, so there you go, right there. You got your play. You got, you got the got number one starter playing. Yeah, like this is. Um, Take it with a grain of salt. Gonna, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, I think. Oh, bet the under, baby. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, I already took it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just same thing as the Toronto one. Let's see. Like yeah, like we've played. We've had a tough time. We've had a tough time against the Atlantic. Like we just said, we had to grind out a win in Montreal. We lost to Ottawa twice. We lost to Toronto. We've had a tough time in the Atlantic division so far. Well, it's where our losses have come even on this miraculous season. But, yeah, you know, I just not too worried, but I'm excited to see like measuring stick wise this late in the season where everyone's at. Uh, a- Absolutely. And, you know, take it with a little bit of grain of salt because you're missing one of your top wingers, but you do, you do have the luxury of moving Halsey up there and hopefully uh, getting that goal, getting the monkey off the back the other night, really, and building that confidence really helps him thrive with the uh, playing with Bergie and Marshy tonight. Um, you know, if, if they lose, they lose. And the problem Tampa's is been playing really good at home. Yeah, too, they have. Way. They have. Yeah. I mean, there are six and four in their last 10, but they've been pretty at good at home. Um, We're six and oh on the road. What the fuck? Yeah. Jesus. And it's it's been a wild ride. And Part of me, like I, I've mixed emotion. I don't feel too good about it. I feel like it's one of these trap games, basically, where it's like everything's going so right for the Bruins, and they grind out a great win against Montreal. And Tampa could be tough because it took it took you know every single player dressed the other night to really. I mean, I know majority of the top six guys played uh, the final minutes and whatnot, especially in that third, but. It was a grinded out win, and it could. And if if the Bruins are looking ahead of the schedule, this weekend schedule, they could really shoot themselves in the foot. Um, it's tough. I, I I don't mind seeing the Bruins lose some games. The only problem is, say they go one for three on this, you know, on this three game. Uh, well, I know it's a four game road trip, but say these next three games, say they lose tonight, beat Florida, and they lose to the Hurricanes. Then the come Monday morning, you're going to turn on fucking local sports radio, and they're like, oh, they can't beat the good teams. They can't beat the good teams. It's all it's back to this bullshit, and it, it, it'll be incredibly frustrating listening to it because 
the Bruins, in my eyes, need to get a little bit cold. I don't believe in the whole peaking too early, whatever, but you can't just keep fucking winning like this. And then there's, I just feel like there's that much more pressure come to the playoffs. I know I'm looking way down the road. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I wouldn't mind a little bit of a tough skid going into this. And um, it, it would also be understandable because you're missing DeBrusque, one of your be- better goal scorers. Um, uh, yeah, you got all Mark and net, but you got Vasilevsky's got that dog in him. He's not having the best of season, but he's Tampa's, starting to... Tampa's healthy too, by the way. Just wanted to Tampa's healthy. Out, but... Yes. Tampa's fully healthy. Uh, we're mostly, I mean, we're missing, um, the fuck's his name? No sick. And, uh, you know, not, not that much of a miss, but you could see, you could see us really missing him tonight on the PK. Uh, we'll see. I think a but, guy you missed tonight is DeBrusque. Yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah, since he's been out, there's big, been a handful of games game. that you've seen that were missing DeBrusque. The first, the one that's most notable to me since he's been out, it was that Seattle Kraken game that I was unfortunately at, but I did get to see, yeah. you know, Danny, my boy Ben. I got to see Donnie and Leanne. So it was a great, great night. Oh my god. Tampa's wearing the reverse retros tonight. Holy shit. I'm going to need to pop a fucking Viagra to get one up tonight. Jesus Christ. Those (laughs) things are that fucking ugly. You know what's so crazy, too, is they sold out, right? But this is my theory on those jerseys. They're so bad on the ice. And, like, even the players, when they put out the promo video, were like, oh, this is awful. But, like, this is one of those things where it's like a money grab, right? Like, it's a a fashion statement to, like, wear a Stamkos fucking reverse retro um jersey like that because they're just so ugly that like yeah. it's kind of fashionable and trendy just hilarious to me um i, I love yeah, no, it, it's it's bizarre because i put a tweet out to bruins early. love for that that yeah I, he, he made me realize that i put a tweet out earlier today uh because the stadium series came out with uh the hurricanes and Washington and I hated them both. I mean, I don't necessarily hate Washington's, but they're both in my eyes just fucking ugly. And I hate with the stadium series what they do with the fucking jerseys and uh, not yeah. the jerseys, the helmets. They're the just helmets. fucking bizarre. Not gonna um, lie, the only cool one and it actually worked was the LA wearing the chrome buckets. Yeah, yeah that yeah. looked sick. But like other uh, than that, like the big logo on the side, like the one the Penguins had was fucking ugly. Like. Does it not remind you like w- like when you're playing younger and you go to a tournament and some kid just has like the worst helmet and just like the yeah, worst yeah. the worst gear wear of all time like and those so mission they- helmets growing up oh god <laughs> oh and the Carolina came out they're like it's super bold because this is the first jersey we've ever had with no white on it and I was like what like what yeah, does that hey. have to do with it? honestly I hate I was playing Chell the other day, and I was, like, playing against Carolina. They have 18 active jerseys right now, and they're all the exact same. Yeah, like, they're no, they all are, the dude. exact this, this is the problem. All their jerseys are the exact same. Except for their that black jersey one. Jersey sales suck, and this yeah. is why, like, Marshy always says, they're the reason why they have to pay escrow. escrow yeah. Like, yeah. it's – They, they should have never moved that team. No, they got screwed. Shout they're starting Thomas. to get a Shout really Thomas no sick on that one. They're or, starting to get a really solid Nystrom, fan base. No sick. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. 
No, they're, they're starting to get a really solid fan base down there. And, you know, when they had that run years ago, like it was a solid fan base and you've heard uh, former NHLers talk about it, but their jerseys just suck, man. And like, I hate, I, I hate, like, I love seeing them on the ice, but I hate when they bring back the Whaler jerseys because they're not the Hartford Whalers, dude. I know. Like fucking. But I also liked when Colorado wore the Quebec Nordiques jerseys. So <sighs> yeah, that's true. Kind of can't throw. All can't, right. I, I, throw... I, I take back what I said then. Yeah. yeah those, <laughs> those were, fresh. those were fucking filthy and yeah. like there's a do you know what the one i want to do it is i want winnipeg to wear atlanta thrashers jerseys with winnipeg colors oh, i think that'd see, be yeah. so fucking sick. now we're talking yeah yes. right 100 percent right? owner because alert if hurricanes and Colorado's gonna do it it's only right that winnipeg gets to do it and our boy bobby brewski if you don't follow him on twitter oh, you're an beauty. absolute fool the guy's a fucking beauty. trying to hire this guy man to drink oh, beers dude, with did me. you i if you haven't seen it yet go to his page and go to his tweets and replies he replied back to um one of lauren's big bruins energy video about uh the oh bong thing God. And he like did like a like a <laughs> like an interview questionnaire kind of thing, like reasons why he should get picked. Dude, it, it gave me Step Brothers vibes. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah I was like, like, this is gold. I started dying. He's like, I got a five year plan. I'm like, oh, this guy is fucking uh, great. We got to get him down dude, to the we, states one day. We fucking pump his tires every episode. We need to have a Bobby Beers corner. Dude, I know. We we should just set a coach's corner, week. just Bobby Beers corner. Yeah, what, yeah. what he's up to for the week. I, you know what I should do? I should have him send me like an audio clip every week of just talking oh, nonsense yes. for five or ten minutes and talking yes. Bruins. Yeah. And just plug yes. it in there. Oh, I'm gonna DM him today. Dude, dude, how he doesn't have like five thousand followers is beyond me. He he's literally I don't know how crazy. half his shit doesn't go viral, dude. He's That's one of my saying. favorite follows. I know. I, we gotta get out to Winnipeg next year and get out in the outdoor rigs. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Imagine telling people like what are you doing for vacation? I'm going to Winnipeg in fucking January. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be met negative forty, but I'm gonna crush beers and play pond hockey for last year in February. I was fucking balls deep in some daiquiris and Aruba. <laughs> no, nah, this year I'm going to fucking Winnipeg, freezing my little fucking nuts off. Hang out with Bobby. <laughs> but all right, buddy. Well, before uh, we uh, say our goodbyes, what's your prediction for the Tampa Bay Bru- and Bruins game tonight? I honestly think uh, I want to go one nothing win Bruins, but I Ooh. think it's going to be a 2-1 win Bruins. Very uh, low score right. game. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I hope that's the outcome. Uh, I'm going 3-1 Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm hoping that this reverse psychology bullshit works and I jinx like Tampa somehow, but... Every time I'm like, this is a scheduled loss, they win like eight to one. So yeah, I'm, I know. I'm just yeah. gonna say it's a scheduled loss. Yeah, we can we can basically say that. But dude, you know what's gonna suck? And we should do like three podcasts a week that week to get ready for the trade deadline. Is in like a week and a half, we don't have Bruins hockey for almost two weeks. Dude, I know. Like, I'm what going the fuck to... am I gonna do? I I was playing some pickup last night. And I'm just like, I'm kind of getting the itch again to go. Like, I was so tempted to go to the Bruins game Sunday night, but I had hockey. And I'm like, I can't bail on the boys just because it's yeah. the second game of the season, the new season. I'm like, I can't bail, man. I like, poor teammate. Uh, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I'm the locker room guy. I'm I'm the 
What are they? The, the, the shower Selena? sheriff. I'm yeah, the shower yeah, sheriff. The shower <laughs> sheriff. I love that. <laughs> um, but I was tempted, and I obviously missed a great game. Uh, I saw. I get like, I get like, like, dude. I saw like, um, so many Bruins fans fucking flew down to uh, Flor- Florida to yeah. watch this game, and well, because uh, it's they got Tampa then Florida, right? Yeah, dude. So and it's it, like you could see two games, and Florida tickets are cheap. Like if they dad, really want to have fun with it, they can fucking drive up to the Carolinas. What are they in North or South? I don't even fucking yeah. know. That's ir- how irrelevant they are to me. Yeah, but... Bru- Bruins. Uh, or sorry, uh, yeah, Bruins low energy um, from fucking short shift. He's gonna be at that Carolina game. I'm oh, that's sure. right. He's I I, yeah. I, think I heard um, him say that. Yeah, Ian. Yeah, Ian. People Ian, say I say yeah. Ian weird. I don't know, but <laughs> um, yeah. Go and if you don't go check out his YouTube channel. He's he's starting to catch waves over there. I watch his videos all the time. Yeah, rightfully so. He's been grinding now. He's great. Yeah, they he's got a, a great little trio over there. Uh, yeah. Thomas, Andrew, and Ian. I don't want to say his name weird. Ian. Ian, I don't know people. How do you say it? Like Ian? Ian. Ian. <laughs> you kind of say it like. Kind of say like Ian. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm in my own head. Yeah. But yeah, they got a great little trio over there. Hey, His... note to, note to self, folks: don't come to us for literature help. Yeah, yeah. We'll just call him <laughs> Bruins Low Energy or I yeah, think his if, Twitter handle. If you're looking for locker room shit talk about the Bruins, we're your guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I know um, if you don't follow her, I, I forget her handle, but Carrie Ann, it's her birthday weekend. She said she flew oh, down nice. to Florida today. So uh, she's, she's really, she's a great person because she's been very supportive to me as like a just Bruins friend. Like we've never even like met, but like, you know, she helps me like promote like my, and a lot of people do too, but like, she's really helped me with like, um, uh, like I'll, I'll tweet something out about my mental health, whatever, how I'm struggling. She's like usually one of the first people to like reach out. And then like, we've never even met, but she'll be like one of the first people to reach out. And then, um, you know, with my prostate cancer awareness month and all that, and, uh, you know, growing the most, my November mo- movement, she was like one of the first people to donate and share and stuff. So, uh, it's her That's birthday awesome. weekend. I think she said, I don't know the exact date, but she's well, going happy to early birthday to her. Florida. Yeah. So happy birthday to Carrie Ann. She's a great Bruins follow. She's a season yeah, ticket holder, her. actually. So her and her husband. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so I hope she gets to see two wins. But selfishly, if the Bruins go one and three this weekend, I do want to see the one win against Carolina. Absolutely. I do want to see that. That's the one team I do not want to fucking lose to. Yeah, obviously, I, I don't want to stop winning. But if we were to lose, if we were to win one of these three games, it's a, the one against Carolina who just lost their starting goaltender again. But we've rambled on long enough. We're 15 minutes from puck drop. I got to get to my local watering hole before and grab a grab a grab grab a nice seat uh hopefully they're saving it for me i doubt it because they don't even know my name i just don't talk to anyone there i just fucking like yell when the bruins score and like i'm just yelling <laughs> horn <laughs> uh, security get this guy so, someone came up to me when i was there once he's like hey are you that horny guy from twitter like, no. absolutely that, that's that's never happened but i would i wish i would rather someone come up to me and be like hey are you downtown boosie from only bruins i'd rather be like hey are you that horny guy on uh twitter that's yeah. that's when i know i made it baby but 
All right, buddy. Well, let's wrap this up. I appreciate you hopping on. It's been obviously a great Bruins talk again. Broken record over here, but it's been a great Bruins talk. Uh, any uh, goodbyes you want to say? Anyone you want to shout out? Any good shit? No, just enjoying watching the bees um, play good hockey, and um, you know, just getting ready, getting ready to get out of the dog days. I think our dog days of the seasonal end. It's a after, tough stretch. Yeah, after our bye week, so you know, just yeah. holding on till then, watching the Bruins win, loving it. And yeah. uh, have fun at the watering hole tonight, bud. Thanks, buddy. And um, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a tough stretch with no Bruins hockey for what almost a week or something because yeah. they were closing in on the All Star game. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a tough stretch. We got some really good games ahead of us. Florida. I mean, the Panthers are so and so, but they always play us tough. But we are playing four caliber four playoff caliber teams despite how florida has been playing this season you got four great teams coming up on this schedule so it's going to be a tough stretch it's really going to test the bruins i'm happy even if they come come out of their five uh uh 500 two and two um the i know local sports radio is going to have a field day with that be like oh they can't beat the good teams like i already said but we'll see i'm gonna Hopefully my three to one prediction tonight fires up the Bruins, even though they won't hear this till tomorrow on the flight or bus ride over to Florida. Cause I know I'm, I'm sure they listen, but Absolutely. before I ramble on ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another great episode of only Bruins. Brett, thanks again for hopping on. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. The numbers have been great. They're growing every fucking week. So I really appreciate that. And Uh, Go Bruins, baby. We love you all. Stay cool. Peace.